Well, hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Mile of Golf Podcast. It's Roscoe here, your co-host, soon to be joined by uh, our very, very one and only Rocket. And uh, we've got a special guest along tonight and there could only be one special guest along tonight for a Roscoe and Rocket special. And wow, I think it is going to be special because we are on the back of just another episode from the young man who has created more episodes in the world of golf tournament professional life than anyone in the history that I can ever remember. So it's fair to say that with this episode will be spent um, dedicating a fair bit of time to the Patrick Reed scenario, imbroglio, uh, situations. And if you've heard those words before, you've heard Blakey and I talk about them on the Golf Rules Questions podcast. So yes, Blakey is joining us to help us digest what went on last weekend, what the hell went on. But we're not only talking about Patrick Reed and the US PGA Tour, we're certainly crossing over to the Omega Dubai Desert Classic, one of the great events uh, on the European Tour and in the world of golf, won this week by someone who was uh, very near and dear to the podcast. So without further ado, let's crack on. Let's get into it. Let's bring him in. Let's uh, hear from the lads. But first, you've got to hear from the music. Welcome, gentlemen. Welcome to uh, the My Love Golf Podcast, Rocket. Uh, how are you, sir? It's not a it's not a Rocket episode without a bit of this. That's put a smile to your face, Rocket. That's put a smile to your face. You had angry face on uh, just as we we got into it there. Uh, how are you, mate? Have you calmed down? Have you calmed down yet? Oh, I'm fine. I, I don't know what the issue is. You know, Paul Casey wins. No, see, Kim wins. Mm-hmm. Tyrrell's one, you know. What, what, what could be wrong? What could be wrong? You know, I, I don't even know what the huff and puff is all about. Uh, well, well, golf um, golf is in a good space at the moment. And thank you for everyone who gave a bit of feedback to me on last week's episode. My, I guess, digestion of my the things that pop into the sphere of my golfing world, the top 10 things the in Rostradamus. Uh, <laughs> Rostradamus, as you kindly pointed out. Thank you. I, I appreciated uh, um, being anointed the Rostradamus. I might uh, I might claim that. But uh, thanks for the feedback. Um, and I said, golf's in a great place. But you don't have to turn the pages too far. And uh, in the case of last weekend's PGA Tour event, Tory Pines should be remembered for being the home of Tiger Woods' great victory in, victory in 2009 against uh, Rocco Mediate. Uh, there's an Ivor for you, Blakey. Um, Rocco Mediate, um, great course, great outlook, just one of the all-time courses. Should be remembered for all these great things in this set, except we're going to dedicate a fair bit of time to talk about it. Unsavory, well, what's turned out to be an unsavory int- incident, if you read the Twitters, if you read the media, if you listen to all of the stuff, um, the Patrick Reed drop. Uh, Blakey, let's bring you in. How are you? Uh, yeah, very good. Thank you very much for having me on the, the My Love of Golf podcast, Roscoe. You're uh, fast becoming one of Australia's most prolific, prolific golf podcasters. I will appreciate that, David. Uh, thanks for the sentiment. Uh, I know that's uh, said uh, 
No, tongue in cheek. That's maybe, but it, but it's fact. Well, if it's written and it's on a website, it's fact, isn't it? Speaking well, into existence. Well, yeah, I want to. I do want. No, in, that, in all so, yeah. in all seriousness, I do want to say uh, thanks to. Uh, I think it's Australia's biggest golf, uh, independent golf blog, uh, the Aussie Golfer, and you can check out Aussie Golfer on on uh, on the web. And just before Christmas, and I only picked it up on Friday night, embarrassingly so, but uh, just before Christmas they put out a little uh, post, uh, things to watch, and they had five of uh, podcast episodes that they would like everyone to listen to, and the Mile of Golf podcast got a mention. Um, and in particular, the Mile of Golf episode with Eric Anders Lane got a mention as one that they liked listening to, and they did state there that Flanagan, uh, they, they, they referred to me by surname, um, Flanagan's become prolific because we've got these three podcasts happening, and Blakey, you're part of one of those, the Golf Rules questions. This is when this is your time to shine uh, right now. Have you been, has the phone been ringing hot today? Yeah, phone, email, uh, social media, Instagram's melted down, Facebook's melted down. Uh, it's fantastic. You, golf Twitter was on fire, on fire. This is like porn, this is like pornography for you, isn't it? Like Blakey, like your version of pornography is when when this happens because I know you sit down there and watch the golf religiously, and you've got the record button at the ready to you know fire off any level of uh, discussion point of interest, and obviously. What happened? What tell us when you saw that on the weekend and you watched it unfold in front of you? What were you doing? What what it, describe to the listeners what happened for Australia's biggest golf rules geek? I've, I've got to be honest. I think it happened while I was asleep. Uh, can anyone else confirm that that would have happened? It, what, it was five a, it in was, the morning or something like that. Uh, it was yeah. It was around about sort of seven a.m. Uh, I mean, it was. Round three on yep. the 10th hole. Yep. So, yeah, it would have, yeah, that's right. It would have been about our 7 a.m. So I would have been asleep. You wake up, Instagram's got 10 messages, uh, you know, WhatsApp's got a couple of messages. Have you seen the Patrick Reed incident? How did he get free relief? Was that correct? Tell me. Tag. They've tagged me and you know the PGA have come out and then then they uh, once he finished his round he did an interview and we got to listen to that and yeah it was it was awesome just to hear it and see it unfold and then I got my friend Stuart to uh, do do the uh, video and send it through and then I started at, at attaching the text to it and uh, tried to upload it to the YouTube to educate uh, anyone who wanted to be educated and uh, thought that that was uh, really good for the worldwide golfing public to see the facts and hear what the rules had to say about it. Now, Rocket, let's, uh, you know, you like a, you're like a, an, an angry dog sitting down there being choked back. <laughs> it's time to let you off your leash, mate. Um, I don't care if you're awake or, you know, on the lawnmower or at the gym or, you know, playing with the kids, but when you finally got around to seeing it, what what were you thinking? Well, first and foremost, the uh, the course is going to be renamed before the US Open. It's no longer known as Tory Pines. It's going to be known as Tory Crimes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. If I could remember which button was the uh, the hi hat button, the uh, I think it's this one. Hold on. 
Yeah, there it is. Because there were there were bodies left everywhere between people being thrown under the bus. The PGA Tour themselves have literally murdered their own chosen one, Rory, like by actually throwing him under the bus and putting him in the same bucket as this man. And as I was saying to you before this call, and I think I even wrote it on a, a, a message, on Saturday morning, so that would have been the second round, on Saturday morning, Patrick Reed's been playing well. He's been, he's been quite good for over a year and playing well. And, and this is the thing that we've got to remember is if you take everything, put, take the personality away, the dude is fantastic to watch when playing golf. That's what it comes down to. And I was thinking about it on Saturday going, do you know what? He's been really good. I'm thinking the next episode, we're going to get on there and I might jump on a little bit of the Patrick Reed, Patrick Reed Salvation Tour stuff, bit spit a la Sergio from 2019. And he let me down. Within 24 hours, he's let me down. And this is the thing that drives me nuts. So we've got to remember he's won at Torrey Pines, crimes. He's won by five against a really, really good field. His ninth PGA Tour win. He's won a Masters. He's now back into the top 10 in the world. The guy can really play golf. But the problem is that we don't talk about any of this. We don't because as an actual human and as a golfer, he's the complete opposite of what his ability should be. Like there's a reason he doesn't have sponsors or he actually has to go buy his own clothes because they don't want to be associated with him. Like when I watched that video and then I watched it again and I've watched it again and then I've seen all the feed, all, I've seen all the different people, all these different people doing takes. When you've got Jim Nance, Frank Noblo, Sir Nick Faldo, Ian Baker Finch, and Dottie Pepper, who when it's a little bit grey, they don't touch it. They were going at this one. They interrogated this one. Each They gave each of, the anal, each of those people at least 10 to 15 minutes to basically just tear this one apart, and they kept going and going and going. They didn't let this one go. They, they, they were literally called bullshit on the whole thing. And so when you've got people who are really conservative that aren't conservative in something like this, it stinks absolutely stinks the whole process that from him what walks through it he, he's in the bunker he hits it left the telecast shows that it, it, it bounces right that's the side he's walking up there he hasn't even got to the ball and he's asking the marshal did you see it bounce why is he asking the marshal if he saw it bounce or if she saw it bounce sorry because he saw it why? bounce what what why is he asking that why is he asking that before he gets to his ball? Let's think about the intent here. Put the rule aside, let's think about the intent. Gets to his ball and then he calls out to his, his playing partners, I think it's embedded, I'm going to check it. Yeah, it hasn't even bent down yet. Bends down, puts the pin in the ground, marks it, picks up the ball, lifts it and t- walks away. Then calls an official. Then calls the official. Takes a long time before the official gets over there. He comes over and he goes, oh, I think it was embedded. I think it broke ground. And the official goes, 
there's your ball there. And he goes, oh, yeah, I've already moved it. And he, and he said, can I put my finger in there to check it? And then he said, well, isn't that the only way you're going to tell if it's broke ground or not? Like he's put the official in a very precarious position. And then he continued to talk about, I think it's embedded, there's a lip. I, so the, the official now has two things to do. Does he just take Patrick Reed's word for it? And we can't see a lot of things. The grass is quite thick. Or does he actually say, do you know what? Because you've removed the ball, this is what he should have done. Because you've removed the ball and I can't verify that it's embedded, I need you to put it back exactly where it is and play it as it lies. So, and then they bring up the whole um, Rory did this. Park Rory for a second. So if you think about what Patrick has done through those whole things, then in the interview, he's asked about it. He talked about, oh, said, oh, the, the marshal said she didn't see it bounce and my playing partners and the caddies, they said they didn't see it bounce. No, they didn't. They didn't say any of that. He just said that to make it as if like it's all clear. And then he talked about what he did as a process and the rules official sort of picked it off. He, he's put them in a position where they had no choice. He's exploited the rules. Like it's not as obvious as the you know bunker gate from the hero challenge, but but it's deliberate. And it's and the thing is that it, it's it's not like this is the first time, right? And and you have Rich Lerner from Golf Channel going, oh, if this was Adam Scott or Rory McIlroy or someone else, this wouldn't be an issue. Yeah, it wouldn't be an issue they wouldn't do it. Don't put him in the same um, class as them. This guy has form, legitimate form of exploiting the rules. Peter Costas has even gone on record and saying, I saw him cheat. He's patted down his lie. This is another example of him exploiting the rules and doing it in a deliberate way from like almost like a he's thought about how do I do this? First of all, walk again, I'm going to walk over it again. Walking up to the ball, he's already asked them if they saw it bounce. As soon as she said, I didn't see it bounce, he's like, bang, I have my opening. And then he's gone through his little scenario. And now he basically presents the rules official with a, a difficult situation. Does he call Patrick on, on, on basically going, put it back, mate? Oh, sure. Oh. Surely, you know, my, my mind thinks that, you know, when you walk up and you're asking people, did you see it bounce? You know, he's already, as you suggested, already thinking about, you know, trying to contrive an outcome. But sure, he's not that silly to know that the cameras are going to well and truly know that if it bounced or not, regardless whether someone saw it bounce or not. Here's the other thing. Did he call, you know, they could have, the officials, if they wanted to, they could have called for a replay. They could have called back in to say, can someone check it? But the thing is, though, he's already moved the ball, right? He's he's already taken, he's already he's already made it. He's already taken um, information out of their hands. Was tampered tampered with the scene. Now, yeah. So it's it's like it'd be like 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 a murder scene, right? You stab someone, and they've gone. Oh, did anyone else see that? Well, uh. well, there was golf's version of a bloodbath, but um, Blakey. So. You're a rules official. You've officiated on the Australian tour. 
you've officiated on the European tour. You've officiated at uh, in the US on a WGC and etc. So some pretty significant and big events hanging around scenarios and situations and guys, um, not guys like these as in Patrick Reed, but guys as in the professional golfers of the, of the globe. What, you know, Rocket's just given you his digestion of what happened, which is, I think, absolutely accurate to what everybody saw and how me as a re- regular everyday weekend warrior of golfer thinks and acts and operates regardless of media influence. Um, what do you take out of it? Uh, well, just to help your listeners out uh, and working from the facts, I mean, you know, I have my opinion, but just helping the listeners out on what you can and can't do and what uh, uh, Roscoe, what uh, Paddy did. Uh, so rule 16.4 allows someone to mark their ball and lift it if they have good reason to think that their ball is in a condition or a position where they can get free relief from. So Paddy thinks that his ball is embedded. He marks it, he lifts it to see, to check to see if it's embedded or not. He is allowed to do that. That's permitted. You don't have to get an official in. I mean, you can do this, Roscoe. You can do this, Rocket. At When you're playing golf, we don't have officials. We don't have referees. So what he did was all correct, okay? I'm not saying that, uh, you know, intent, I'm not going to talk about his intention. Well, the Rory all, one was the perfect example of... All, all I can say that, that he has is that he has form, right? And so that is why there's such a big debate. But... He's allowed to do that. He places the ball over on the grass. Uh, Now, he's not allowed to clean it, but uh, at the same time, if he is permitted to take free relief, he would be allowed to clean it. He would be able to substitute his ball. He then calls a referee in, which I found a little bit weird uh, because Rory had the same issue and he was... He didn't, you don't need to show anyone. You don't need to tell anyone. They changed that in 1st of January 2019. You don't need to show anyone. You don't need to tell anyone. If the marker wanted to come and see it, they could say, hey, uh, I want to come and see it. They're not going to do that on the PGA Tour. They, they're concentrating on their own game. They don't like, you know, they're like a, a family. They're like, you know, they talk like uh, cats, I guess, later on, you know, in the locker room. We talked about that, you know, we've, I've heard you guys talk about that a lot. Um, but you don't actually have to get the official in. You could just make the decision yourself. You think that it's embedded, you can take free relief. Someone wants to check you, then, yeah, you can let them check, whatever. That's not going to happen. Um, but then he calls the official in, which, yeah, I thought it was that was strange, but possibly he was thinking, well, you know, I just want to check that it is embedded and, um, if it turns out to be not embedded later, well, I've got the backup of the referee saying that he agreed. Rocket's uh, sort of, not sort of correct, he's correct in that he's put the the referee in a difficult position that he never saw where the ball was actually lodged. Uh, but then there was an imprint there. I mean, the referee wouldn't make the decision to say it's it's embedded if there wasn't actually an imprint 
in the ground. How that imprint actually got there, we we will never know. Only Paddy will know that. Uh, and then after that, he's allowed to take the free relief, uh, which is the spot, the reference point is directly behind where the ball came to rest within one club length. Now, we see on the video he's measured our club length and put a tee down, but then he's dropped and his ball's rolled closer to the hole. But that was only simply because he didn't put his club in the or tee in the correct position in the first place. You don't have to measure with a club length. You don't have to put a tee down. Uh, it was just the fact that where the ball came to rest after it hit the relief area was still not closer still not closer than the reference point, which is a spot directly behind the embedded ball, no nearer to the hole. So uh, there is a lot of intention about this. There's uh, a lot of innuendo about this. Uh, But as far as the rules are concerned, everything was correct. It just smelled fishy because it was Paddy, whereas we did see uh, Rory... Um, do the same thing on the same round on hole 18 after it also bounced. But we think Rory, good with the rules, honest gentleman. Paddy, not so good with the rules, not so honest. And that is why the big uh, kerfuffle is happening. And my main thing that I want to say to this, it's it's really easy to cheat in golf but it's also really, really easy not to cheat in golf. So because it's so easy not to cheat, then if anything happens that smells fishy, that sounds funny, that doesn't look right, then you should carry that on for the rest of your life. And I have no issue with that being carried on with your character, that asterisk, because it's so easy not to cheat. Yep. And then so the con- a couple of other bits, so there's some other footage of, of Paddy from the front in terms of, you know, and it's really hard to see what he's doing because the grass is really long, right? So I didn't talk a lot about that. Then if you put it in the context of Rory, Rory's interview, actually here's the two interviews afterwards. So Patrick, when they asked him about it, it was like he admitted what he was doing and then, kind of talked about the rule, how it should have been done. And then he did the, he's obviously done the complete opposite. And then they asked him about uh, the ball and he goes, Oh, well, you know, no ball that bounces will embed. Right. So he's actually admitted like he's admitted it. Right. So this is the thing. And, but then you look at the Rory one and I asked him about it and he's like, yeah, well, I, we didn't see if it bounced, but the thing is my ball was embedded. So the only thing I can I can surmise is it, it's gone back in its original pitch mark. And he said it was it broke ground, so I made the drop and I played it from there. Like, and so if you think about the context of one person who you, you know he's trying to cover his tracks versus someone who just goes in complete confidence of what he does and he has form on doing the right thing, even if it's at the detriment of himself. People, if they would need to remember, go back to the. 2020 PGA at Harding Park where the marshal trod on his ball. He went to drop it again and he just, he was actually uncomfortable with the lie and said, this is too good a lie. It needs to be worse. 
for him to set up trying to sort of exploit the rules six months later, it's a long bow to draw. Like Rory's squeaky, right? I might have my issues with Rory, but when it comes to rules and, and how the game is supposed to be played, there is he does not have a black mark. When it comes to Patrick, he has form and not like a little bit of form. We're talking red hot on camera and it's been almost, pardon the pun, swept under the carpet by lots of people. Like you think you JT making a joke of it at the President's Cup that was sickening. Like he was blatantly scooping yeah. sand out of the bunker. We've got the, the footage of Peter Costas when he was at um, the Barclays, I think it was. I uh, One thing that I uh, didn't cover off, which you've just uh, mentioned, Rocket, is, is also a ball can embed on the bounce. A ball can. So it's... It's where it's pitch mark, its own pitch mark. But when the words say its own pitch mark, that doesn't mean the first place it pitches. It could bounce and pitch and and embed itself on the bounce. It's very, very unlikely, but it depends on the shape of the shot and how soft the ground is and how much grass there is. I'm not going to be able to give you every example of when a ball would be able to pitch and come to rest in whether it's its first pitch mark or its second pitch mark, whatever. Uh, But the way that Patrick's ball reacted um, didn't look like it actually came to rest back in its first place that it hit. But I can't, I absolutely can't fully say that that's not, where where it did hit and it just didn't look like it could have because it's it popped up and and landed about two you know let at least three feet about it moved three two, feet i was gonna say yeah right, that, that camera angle three foot the side, the side yeah. and and it's popped up two foot and then dropped and i would have thought that from two foot that it would be very unlikely to plug but i can't 100 percent certain tell you that that's true yeah so it's it's good to clear that up because I think if you read a lot of the stuff, people are naturally assuming that if the ball's bounced, you know you can't and it, you can't claim an embedded ball because it's bounced. And I think that's wrong, as you've correct, correctly pointed out. So it's good to clear that up because the ball can bounce; it can hit the the ground before it plugs. You know, it probably, as we've all agreed, not going to happen in the situation that has been a one in a million that we saw there at Tory Pines. But you know, if it bounces off a off a hump and then you know goes into a up face of something else and it plugs and it's embedded in its own mark well then it's hit the ground beforehand and it's now it's in its own pitch mark so it can actually happen Um, it it can it can it's uh, yeah highly unlikely in that situation but do do we think that the discussion around you know knowing that the grass is at least you know 20 centimeters deep um yeah, that his hand, that he knows his hands disappeared out of sight of his, or you know, the furthest point of his stretched finger has disappeared out of sight of any camera. That he might have actually pressed it into the ground a bit further when he went to have a look for it. Yeah, there's another footage from the front where it's showing him sort of rocking, just sort of putting his hand in there, pushing around, going, "Oh, there's a lip." Yeah, there, of course there is now. Mm. I mean, think- it, wouldn't, it wouldn't take much to sort of just rock your body weight into your hand, would it? No. It's, Push the ball in a little bit. Just give it a bit of a 
just a little bit of a push. Push your uh, fingers you know, in there. He, he was incorrect and you're spot on, Rocket. Like, I, I didn't actually hear the um, Rory interview, but you're spot on when he said, oh, if I'd seen, if I'd known that it, was, it had bounced, I wouldn't have claimed it. It's like, well, it has nothing to do with that. Mm. It's, it's got nothing to do whether it did bounce or not. It's, it's either embedded or it's not embedded. That's all it comes down to. Yeah. And yeah. And the dude has form. It's as simple as that. I'm not an expert. And, and unfortunately, and unfortunately, um, you know, it tarnishes a good win. He's a good player. Good player. That's what makes me. That pro, I reckon that's what makes me even more angry, because he's actually a really good player and he's good to watch. If you just sort of close your eyes, again, as I've said, you know, remove the personality from it. Like he's fantastic to watch play golf. He's actually got a really good short game. Oh, it's amazing. He just moved the ball around. He just finds a way to get the ball around and get it in the hole less times than most other people. It's uh, it's obviously a thing for him. It's a, it's a thing and it's just bizarre to think that he, he can't uh, get away from can't get away from it and can think that he can possibly get away with it. Um, well, and then there's players, there's some players that um, have come out and without, you know, so for example, Xander, Xander come out and they asked him about it and he goes, I haven't seen the videos and stuff like that, but I've heard about it. And there's a lot of talk about it amongst the boys. And he said, well, there's nothing I can say because he's protected by the tour. And and, and also Xander's been, um, Xander's a victim of um, Team Reed's burner account with the driver doping. Yeah. He's been a victim of the, uh, so I think, which is, if anyone doesn't know, it's it's sort of um, peeled back the onion of the very well-known in amongst golf Twitter, the uh, the Team Reed burner account. Now, was um, that was that tweet from P. Reed account should have been flicked across to the burner account? Yeah, yeah. So the burner account, they go flat out to like replying all caps and then um, must have forgot to stay logged out of the, uh, the, the actual P. Reed one and the exact same tweet was pumped out by the Patrick Reed one. It was just gold. It was gold watching it in real time, seeing the actual burner account. Oh, oh, oh. So I think Justine was uh, must have been really fired up, and she's made a critical error. Justine's reputation is copying a battery. <laughs> oh, it has forever. Um, and then you know, Lanto Griffin as well has come out and just talked about. He said, you know, it's really hard for us to sort of call it out, you know, because he's another player and, you know, we've got to play with him. And, you know, so he's kind of alluding to the same thing. It's like it's a protected thing. It's like, you know, what, what is the tour, you know, from a how, – how's the tour – what's the tour really stand for? Mm. You know, what are, what are they doing? If, if they're not going to give the rules officials the power to, to be um, – doing it right, they might as well just hire Dave Hepner from WWE. Mm. It's just Montreal Screwjob all over again. Um, Wrestling fans will get that. Blakey, I think it was uh, also a, a former guest on uh, the My Love of Golf podcast, Matt Griffin, who was quite uh, outspoken in a tweet that I read from Matt. And it was very 
you know, shortened to the point, but he, I think, and I don't have it here to read, but the inference was, wouldn't you call your playing partners across, you know, first just to, just before you move the ball, which is within your right, wouldn't you just call your playing partner across? You know, he, he's, he's claimed that it's not, uh, he didn't because he wanted to keep pace of play up. You know, but in your experience, you know, hanging around oh, with these guys, is, you know, is that what he actually said? Okay. Uh, well, I think if you if you look at the interview at the pace end of, of play, end of the day, on. he referred Don't pace of play on the PGA Tour. He referred to he referred to that of pace of play, and it was related pace to his, his his decision the to slowest people to, on the planet. There's no pace well, of play yeah. on the PGA Tour. So well, Rory, Rory and Brooks are actually fast, but uh, the rest of them, I can't really wouldn't really say that they're committed to pace of play. No. So would it not be normal that you would say, hey, mate, just come and have a look at this for us? You know, like, hold on. Yeah, this should be normal. I, I know I'd do it. Is that, come and have a look at this. What You know, you want you want someone to give an objective opinion. Well, you Look, you, look yeah. if it – I mean, the referees get paid and it's just as easy to get those guys in um, because – as I said, you don't put your playing partner and the, and the playing partners don't want to be put into... Market, call them over and let the official make a decision based on where the ball is. You don't pull it out. Let them make uh, the call. You know, if it was me, if it was my ball, um, I wouldn't call anyone over because I know the rules. I know what I'm looking for. But uh, it, it seemed like it was a, a backup. You know, it was like a... I'm going to do this, but then, or oh, I better get someone in um, just to make sure that I'm. Yeah, he's you know. just covering his bum. That's it. He's 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 well he's pl- well he's played. very smart. Well played, Patrick. Well played, Patrick. Now, and here's the thing: that was on camera. How many other times during that tournament and other tournaments when they have these conditions where they have the those rules in place, has he done that? That may not be on camera. You'll never know. You'll 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 never know. But uh, he knows, especially when there's no crowds. He knows. It won't be the last time that we no. hear of Patrick Reed and rules in the same sentence. I I subscribe to uh, a number of if it's the Golf Journal and a golf magazine and it's got pretty pictures and big words and big writing and you know it's expensive to subscribe to. I've got it. Um, the latest issue of the Golfers Journal is has an article about cheating in golf in it. It's fun. It's ironic, the timing. And, uh, yeah, it's the the summary version of um, the pricey version of what the article is about basically says once you do it once, and one, it becomes addictive. You know, the dopamine response, that sort of like me eating a packet of snakes before I jumped on here. Well, I'm really tired and I've been working all day. and But, you know, geez, it feels good and it just – it just releases that dopamine response that people have to keep doing it. It's a bit addictive, and yeah, you, you get away with like it once. It's like adultery. Yeah, well, yeah just keep going, keep going, keep going, and then and then you get caught, and you're like, oh, I've always wanted to be to get caught. Well, I've never been on any of those uh, fronts other than eating a packet of snakes before a podcast, and that felt really good. <laughs> uh, I mean, we, you know, we need to. There's the evidence right there. That's what the Golf Rules Questions podcast is all about. It's trying to stamp out cheaters because I'd rather have half the amount of people in the world playing golf that are playing at the moment, half it, and as long as they're all 
honest and have integrity. I I reckon the golf is synonymous with honesty and integrity. I I don't care about growing the game. I care about the game and what it actually means to be a golfer. Yeah, and you, we hope that that is the number one reason for adults sending their kids to play golf, the, for adults hanging out together and doing things, you know, on Thursdays, Wednesdays, Saturdays, Sundays, or whenever you choose to do it. Self-governing. Exactly. The reason why we want to do it together is because you can do it in a, it's a safe environment. Mm-hmm. You know, we know what we're doing. We, know, we can be responsible. We can do it together. No one has to, you know, there's no red lights, speed cameras or whatever else. You just go and do it and you have fun and everyone can win a $20 chook at the end of the day. Um, big big generalization here, but you know, if if we raised podcast, you can do golf. That. If we raise golfers like we like the Japanese raise their culture, then we'll we'll go pretty well. Yep. Also, another piece: Patrick Reed isn't alone. Oh, oh, oh drop it! Here we go. Who you got? We've Who's got, on your radar? We've got Mister Cucho, who three <laughs> <laughs> oh, drops, steam shovel. Um, there's a few other players that are known to um, mark their ball. And this is one I don't understand. Mark their ball at least an inch or two closer to the hole than where they originally are. Um, there's one particular player on the Champions Tour. There's a person I played with and this person played against him in college in the US. And I've known about this uh, criminal uh for about 25 to 30 years. Initials? Uh, B.M. Something rhymes with Playfair. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's not go down that rubber hole of... But anyway, um, Matt Kuchar is, you know, three drops. So take us, uh, the listeners, through the three drop scenario in case it's um, far from their minds. Oh, I think it was, was it last year? The, no, it might have been the year before yep. the Memorial where he had a similar scenario where he drove it in the fairway and it was like in a little impression and he was trying to claim that his ball pitched and popped up in the air and then landed and made this impression in the fairway. And then he called for a ruling and the rules official just went, nah. Uh, then they've had time to look at it on the camera and he's called for a uh, uh, a second ruling, that official came over and went, nah, play it as lies, cocko. And he wasn't happy. Is it, do you even think, David, that a rules official will come over and, and overrule a, a, an official, a referee that's already made a referee, a, a decision? Like, for real? Uh, Maybe if you slug a white. Well, well, yeah, it, it's happened before. All right. Um, but it's obviously, if the player gets what they want, then they're not going to call for a second opinion. So it's only ever going to be where the first referee goes no, and then the second referee goes, yeah, sure, you can have that. We've we had that, you know, we gave that to another player on the front nine, or um, you know, this happened last week, or whatever it is. So. Yeah, it's that there has been times when referees you don't hear about those ones because yeah, well, well, it happens in footy uh, or rugby league or any of those sports. They get dropped. 
Uh, yeah, if they make yeah. a bad if they make a bad decision, maybe. But, you know, and, do you know what I'm thinking about? This, do you know what I think about this Patrick Reed thing? Bryson is doing it all wrong. Remember the memorial where he's hooked it left? He should have just like just pretended his ball was embedded and just chuck it back out in the fairway. Thank you. Thank you. I was man. thinking about Bryson. I was like, well, you know, if it's not one, it's the other. They just continue to just it was. Just content. They're just content kings. They've given they've given Rocket reason to be on a podcast every two to three weeks for two they, years. They've grown my YouTube account. Both of them. Uh, well, speaking of YouTube, I, I love both of you, Bryson, <laughs> Patrick. Speaking speaking of YouTube, uh, Blake, in your growing YouTube account, it's now up to almost four thousand subscribers. Uh, and thank you on behalf of both uh, the My Love of Golf and the Golf Rules Questions podcast for anyone that's subscribed. And if you haven't found Blakey, the young man sitting uh, on the screen, as I can see him, you're listening to him uh, from the Golf Rules Questions Instagram account, YouTube channel. Please go and subscribe, uh, subscribe to the mailing list uh, because you will get uh, unbridled attention and uh, and that's confirmed from his followers because if you scroll down the 75 or so uh, comments that come on most Instagram posts that he puts up, someone's always in there going, this guy's unreal. He responds to everything and everyone. And uh, I don't think they're all your friends. That uh, You don't have that many friends that you know, reply to every post. So it is genuine. You do spend a fair bit of time replying uh, in the interest of keeping those of us who play this game aware of our requirements to play by the rules. So well done. As, as prolific as you are with podcasting, I am just a messenger of the rules of golf, a messiah. I practice uh, from the good book. It's your porn. It's your golf porn. Um, now, but I, this, I bring this, up. This is what I go. go Blakey 316. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> that is, that's, Don't cheat. That's, look at him. He, he sleeps under that. That's big enough for a pillow. I've only got the small one. Uh, he's got the pillow size version. Um, We're talking about the book, right, Roscoe? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the small book, which sits here because when I, I need it for, you know, when I do this for your podcast, Blakey. Uh, but I mentioned YouTube. He is prolific on that as well. And, you know, he just shares existing content. Um, the PGA Tour pulled his video down. Robert. Yeah, that was a bit gutted. It was like 270,000 views and they just closed him down. So Yeah, that's what that's what the Sith Lords do, especially <laughs> with the, the Sith Lords of Ponte Vedra. Well, they like to control the message. I, I love to They've share. They've got the new Death Star. The drawbridge has been raised. That's a joke, isn't it? 700 people are going to be working in that joint down at uh, Ponte Vedra, you know, spending all of that money that could be put into $75 million. million. 700 people soon in February. Report- it's about 4,000 because apparently they've got about five or six satellite offices around the area. So there's a lot in media and stuff like that. But again, the building has 100, that's 100 meeting rooms that can fit 10 to 12 people in them, 100. Mm. They sacked a heap of people during COVID and they've launched a set atrocity. Uh, if, anyone, <laughs> if anyone from the PGA Tour is listening, I am available uh, for hire. So, you know, um, if you need me to help out, media, rules, whatever, I'll, I'll clean uh, bins. 
yeah, I'll just say that Blakey, Blakey didn't really um, – no, he's not been any part of uh, bagging the PGA Tour. He's just sat there. No, quietly. that's up to me. Rocket. But the PGA Tour have been copping a fair bit of um, flack in their response to issues lately. and Rightfully uh, so. You know, I, I – I just can't believe they threw Anakin under the bus. They yeah. actually <laughs> threw the chosen one under the bus. Mm. They have sacrificed the Prince of Pontevedra, Anakin McElroy. Can't now, believe it. I like to well, give I like to give props to people who have helped me out on the podcast, yeah, you know, in the forms of being guests, and uh, I'll cover two in a second, but. I listened to Eric Anders Lang's podcast from not the one from uh, Dubai, but the one that came out after the Justin Thomas uh, incident. And we won't backtrack over that, but you know he makes a couple of very clear and um, concise statements around his thoughts on how the PGA Tour have handled themselves since that situation. And basically, you know, the way they handled it was crickets. There was, there was no response, there wasn't any press, there wasn't any statements, they just seemed to have swept what Justin Thomas did under the under the rug, as they are, seem to be uh, now. And um, so they're copying, a bit they of, do. they're copying a bit of heat and it's, you can't... That's what they do. It's not the time, you can't do that in this current time and just, you know, think that you're bigger than, bigger than the think game. Think of those players that just take these six-month leave from the game mm. Dustin Johnson back in 2015 I think it was yes well you've brought it up but uh, people can go and backtrack over that and f- make their own determinants over that but here's um, the thing is the game if, and here's the thing is that the, they have just signed a massive deal with bet MGM so now you're in the realm of betting so the integrity of the game mm. and making sure it is Dinky die needs to be squeaky clean and you need to treat everything accordingly. Things are, if, if you're allowing betting on sport and especially when you're doing the specialty stuff, if you allow things like this stuff to happen. This is when things get really shady. Mm. The other uh, podcast guest that I do want to give a shout out to, and we won't play the video in its entirety, but was my guys from um, glorified donkey or the real life caddy podcast. Now, they did go pretty hard. Uh, Big G went pretty hard at Patrick, you know, put a headline on their YouTube video. You don't need to search too far to see Patrick Reed cheats at Tory Pine. Let's just play a little bit of their video. You can hear G's vo- voice with nothing else. Patrick Reed, Tory Pines Farmers Insurance Open, third round, uh, 10th hole, fairway bunker. This ball is quite clearly going to miss the green and it bounces. Yeah, it definitely bounces, huh? So he walks up to his ball and listen. Nick, the supply for scoring is. So he's walked up to his ball. He's asked a ball spotter if she saw his ball bounce. She said no. He then walks up and tells his playing partners he's going to have a look at the ball, identify it. He has a good look at it, and then he then he picks it up. I've slowed this one down. So he's picked it up. He's actually placed it, and now he's going to ask the rules official for a ruling. So he's already called the ruling, but now he's going to ask for the ruling. It's quite incredible. You have to listen to the boys at CBS and how uncomfortable this whole scenario is. Because there, there's the golf ball. Was that it? Was that his original spot? No, it looks looks like that. That's the uh, he just put it aside. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's 
the video that we've uh, and the footage we've all been talking about for the last uh, 49 minutes. Unbelievable. Uh, this is going to be a long one, guys, so stick with us because we've got a bit more to talk about. <laughs> but that was uh, the big G from the glorified donkey. Great man. Um, goes pretty hard at uh, anything that he doesn't uh, sit right with him and uh, as he is there. So um, we're not the only ones uh, calling this out. Just on the tournament, Patrick Reed won. We've talked about that. Uh, anything else stand out for you? Uh, Rocket, Brooks Kepka, change of equipment. Just got some Shrix and ZX7s in the bag. Interesting. Uh, I don't know about, I don't know, almost don't want to talk about Brooks until he actually, he's missed three cuts now. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. He's split from his coach. I don't know. I think he's got inside his own head. Potentially Bryson's got inside his head. I don't know. I don't know. Well, We'll see. We'll have to see. Anything else uh, happen of note for you? It was a shame, shame what happened to Victor on the last round. Yeah, he was playing really well. Did he, he um, injure himself? Did he get, he get injured? No, nah, he's it just one, uh, the, is it 12th? No, 13th, 13th or 14th. Oh, two days in a row, he's knocked it over the back and one day he's made dust. Round three, made a double, and he's made a bogey on final round, and then he's just, yeah, he just didn't make enough parts coming in. It was 14 because I've, uh, I've got a video coming out about that one tomorrow morning. Yeah. Uh, your man racked up another significant milestone or significant stat uh, in the uh, Tony Fina form <laughs> uh, rocket. Just another, another second place. Yeah. PR curse is true. He was terrible. Like, people just need to stop thinking that he's going to break through for a win. When it comes to the crunch, his putting is terrible and his decision-making is ordinary. Even Rory, I think, you know, I'm not going to – I was going to lay into him, but the whole Patrick thing and then how the tour is basically a bit of drive-by shooting on Rory's character. Uh, I'm not going to lay into him. But last two weeks, he's been in contention and just took the gas. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Xander was good. Xander's in really good form. Um, who else? Rory Sabatini, low, low Rory. Um, Rory Sabatini. I, uh, I saw the Italian is playing really well again. Sort of haven't heard from him yeah. for a while. Francesco, I think he's still getting over the Masters. Well, he, he got a, what, a tied seventh or tied fifth at the American Express, and now he's got another top ten, I think. Yep. 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 Okay. So where are they this week, uh, Rocket? What's the preview for the uh, in the US this week? So they're at the Phoenix Open. Ooh, waste management. You get to play the 16th with no fans. I don't know. Maybe they're going to pipe music in or something. I don't know. This is, going to be, this is going to be weird because it's going to be another course that we're going to see in a different light because we're used to seeing you know, so much of it with uh, so much stand action around. Obviously, not going to be there. So it'd be, it'd be a different different uh, tournament. Well, it depends on if they leave the stands in there for some backstopping. It depends on if um, um, Texas, <laughs> Texas Walker is going to be playing. If he's playing, I'm pretty sure they're going to have a few grandstands up. I introduced Blakey to uh, the Texas Walker uh, <laughs> in our last episode, did we not, uh, Blakey? Backstopper. 
We did. We talked about that. Yep, that was a good one. Uh, tips, uh, tips for this uh, this weekend. We missed that tipping last week. How do we go? How do we go the week before? Oh, the week before we did okay. Actually, let me let me just go back to my notes. I had so many notes. I was that started off with Martin one. Laird one. Yeah, so Martin Laird finished. Uh, so that was so. I'll go through your tips there, Roscoe. So at the Bob Hope, we had Martin Laird to win. He finished tied for forty seventh. He did have Scotty Scheffler. He got COVID. So that was. <laughs> That was no not, good. Not um, I had uh, Cam Champing miss the cut, and then I had Cam Davis, so I was in the Cameron zone. He finished um, third. I'll say pretty the young good. man is starting to hit a little it's bit of form. I think he worked good. on his wedge game. Yep. He's going to break. He's going to break through for a win this season. Well, I'm there, putting there it out go. there right there now. There we go. There we go. Uh, and then over at the uh, the Tumbleweed Classic, um, you picked Tyrrell. And he won, and I had Rawls, and he finished third. And uh, Mr. Um, Herbe, um, the Frenchman, finished uh, tied for 25th. So didn't <laughs> have be- a great weekend. But the Benny yeah. Baguette. We, uh, Blakey, we call, so we have fun at sort of at Lucas's expense, but it's not our fault because other people have done it well before us. In the European tour, they've got Herb. What's his name? Herbay and Her, Her, Herbert. <laughs> and uh, quite a, I, I believe a number of times on the range, you know, they get mixed up and that sort of thing. So, um, and even the commentators mix them up. So, anyway, Rocket likes to laugh at that. Um, yeah, another another uh, interesting one. Lucas defending at the Amiga Dubai Desert Classic uh, this week had, I think his third round probably wasn't great, but he did. Uh, but you know what? He's playing. Hats yeah. off to Paul Casey. Um, unbelievable. Little Popeye. Well, Popeye's pumping out, you know, his last three years is kind of a bit of a resurgence, really. Um, I I can't remember ever being a massive Paul Casey fan years ago, but he certainly warmed to me. You know, he plays in the US, he goes over and supports the European Tour. He was at the Australian Open 2019 in uh, Royal Sydney, uh, not Royal Sydney, at the Australian so he does travel about a bit, you know. I respect someone that comes down to Australia and, and supports our tour. You were officiating then, Blakey. Did you uh, get up a close and personal with Paul Casey at uh, the Australian in two thousand and nineteen? I don't remember getting up. That was at the Lakes, wasn't it? I uh, know the Australian. Oh, sorry, it was the Australian. It was the Lakes two thousand eighteen. Uh, I don't remember getting up close and personal with him, but uh, from all accounts, he seems like. A nice guy. The only thing that I've ever not liked about him is this, is the sunglasses he used to wear. They were oh yeah, the Justin Rose ones. They weren't they weren't golf sunglasses. I'll tell you that. Okay. Even Justin Rose, they had this little. It's almost like they were competing with who could look the stupidest. It was like they were going to the beach, or they were dealing drugs, or something. Ray Bans, <laughs> the Ray Bans on. Yeah, they they were shocking. Hey, look for me. It was another win for uh, the plus forty brigade. And Blakey, you're not there yet, Rocket. I don't and he's think. not tall. He's not tall. Not a big boy. He's only five foot nine. Rocket, I don't know. Are you you're not in plus. Are you plus forty brigade? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks, brother. You're in my you're in my quadrant. Um. So when anyway, I have a shave, I look under forty. Uh, well, you've still got some hair, so that's you know, you've got some upside there. But uh, plus forty, anyone that wins uh, on the European Tour that's plus forty is just going to get a, a double tick from me, pretty much. Um, Padraig Harrington, speaking of plus forties, 
uh, he finished like minus nine or something like that. Like, I can't remember the exact uh, result, but he's like in the top. Yeah, tied for sixth. Tied for sixth. Right, to be sure, to be sure. And uh, your boy Sergio was up there uh, as well. <laughs> Rocking some old uh, old tailor-mades. He's gone back to the LP7 something or others. And uh, there's a fair bit of happening on the gear front. You know, the, a lot of people have changed contracts, moving into no brand, not no brands, but brands of their own choice and mixed bags. So there's a fair bit happening there for all the gearheads. Um, yeah, John but, John Rahm's going to Callaway. Have you guys talked about that? Yeah, we have talked about that extensively. He's, yeah. He has bought, he is owned by Callaway. He's everything. Callaway is even getting a new putter that they've made for him. Um, the 10, uh, soon to be released, uh, 10 two ball. Um, I, I might have signed a disclaimer not to talk about that. I don't think it's actually released yet, but he was he's using it in, in the proto version. But it's the number 10 in the two ball, so that's new for so, them. Did he get pushed out of TaylorMade because they've got so many stars there or did Callaway give him I a reckon, better offer? I reckon Callaway came knocking because... Um, He's afraid out friends with uh, Phil. Well, but, well, yeah, well, that doesn't hurt because I think he was playing Callaway's when he was at Arizona State and that would have been probably a bit of a thanks, thanks, thanks Phil. Um, and then he went to TaylorMade when he came out. So TaylorMade, we'll call it, are very good at jumping on talent early. Um, and I think he was effectively like the sixth or seventh wheel in, in the tailor-made house. So Callaway, you think about you getting the tail end of Phil um, Stenson's um, done as well. Um, you you still have like likes of Xander and Leishman, but, you know, who, who's going to be that top 10 player that's going to be front and centre all the time? So I reckon they threw a heap of um, Spondula in uh, – Rambo's direction, and he said, "I would take it." Pretty. They should try, they should try and pick Mo, up Paddy Reid. He said, "Moe bien" for the. Uh, I don't know what's the word in Spanish for um, Paddy Reid for money. No, what's the what's the money? What's money? Moolah. <laughs> he said, "Moe bien" for the muchos moolah. Why not Paddy Reid? Yeah, you, you, your ball, your golf ball will never be embedded. <laughs> so um, there was a uh, social media post by Callaway with uh, Johnny Rahm hitting a flop shot with a four iron nice. over over Phil Mickelson's st- uh, oh yeah that's his uh, little cardboard cutout. It's pretty good. Yeah, I think Rahm's done that one a few times actually. You, you should try that, Roscoe. I could do let's, it. I could do let's it. See if you go viral. We should get a cardboard cutout of you, Roscoe. The most no. prolific podcaster in Australia. We'll just stick Rocket there. He's only about three foot seven, so I'll probably get out of a Rocket. <laughs> Ooh, wow. We're going to have a flop off, are we? Wow. <laughs> Watch out because Roscoe's is smaller than yours. <laughs> Dear. Um, I, I reckon mean, I the could, book, the rules book. That's right. I reckon I could pull that trick shot off, but um, uh, you can hold me to that, Blakey. When you've got the cameras, your massive amount of camera gear that follows you and your and your crew that follows you around to produce your um your videos. Uh, thanks for letting me. Thanks for putting me on the uh, latest uh, trailer for the uh, Golf Rules Questions um, YouTube channel. You can see me there, uh, Rocket featuring hitting a ball out of a cup. From the side of uh, the second or third green at Point Lonsdale, uh, Lonsdale Links um, hit a ball out of a cup to a couple of feet. It's pretty good. All part of a staged uh, stage scene. Actors and you know, I've got act- actors' equity soon appearing in Blakey's videos. Um, but back to the European Tour, 
Brandon Stone, yeah, he was all right. Not too bad. Um, like the way he wears his hat on his head these days. And uh, Bobby McIntyre. Could have, should have. Didn't quite get it done, but he'll win. My wee boy, the Oban Express, as I like to call call him. Uh, Sergio was up there, Padraig. Minus nine, T6, love it. Uh, who else, who else, who else? Yeah. Westy, Tommy, Maddie, Maddie Fitzpatrick, T17, the Englishman's. Uh, T22 for Lucas. So he had that sort of ordinary round back down there with Tyrrell. Uh, you know he's going pretty well. I think he'd be pretty happy. I'd like to try and talk to uh, my friend uh, Wade Ormsby. Wade's Wade's been performing pretty solidly. He's been putting some some good rounds in. I'm sure he'd like to be further, further up the, the leaderboard. But yeah, he's uh, qualified for the WGC. So he's heading over to, over to the States for that, which is pretty good. You'd be happy with that, wouldn't you not? Would you not? Just grinding it out. Oh, well, he keeps doing it. Scotty Jamison. Uh, Scott Jamison wants his Twitter handle back from, from the real Scott Jamison. Um, he's not getting it, according to the Scott Jamison. No, Jamieson. you mean Scott Jamison wants the, his Twitter handle back from the fake Scott Jamison? Oh, no, that's uh, my uh, Scott Jamison. He, we've got to get him on. He does want to appear with you alongside you. Maybe he can come on to the next Star or Future episode, but Scott Jamison, you're always welcome on. Um, yeah, anyway, European Tour. This is going to be a big weekend in the European Tour because we've got the uh, Saudi International in in um, Saudi Arabia because that's where the Saudi yeah, International so is. I, I, I haven't seen which people are taking money to go and promote the game. Yeah, well, there's a star starter field. P. Reid is there. Dustin Johnson is there. Um, you know, all the big names will be there. And But you're right. Money talks. Money talks. You know, we can't – we can only have thoughts about what we can control. We can't control a nation. Yeah, we, I'd like someone to be in their shoes and say no. We can't control a nation, but, yeah, you're right. Some some people can make a choice, and but these, Not guys easy. these guys don't. These guys don't. I know what I would have done if I was Justin Thomas and made a mistake like that, but uh, we've all made mistakes. But um, anyway – that's not going what to about happen. what about home? Have you guys talked about the uh, ah yes players series? That was excellent. I watched a bit of that on Saturday. I watched a little bit on of that on Sunday, and I think that the players series, in the absence of uh, the Vic Open, in the absence of you know other Australian tour schedules, is a great initiative. And if it's the PGA that's behind it, and Jeff Ogilvy is um, part of that and behind that, and you know, fronting up for that, it's excellent because the standard of play I thought was very high. Um, the opportunities that have been given to some up-and-coming young golf professionals was excellent uh, and the opportunity for some up-and-coming highly skilled, obviously highly skilled amateurs to play alongside some of Australia's high-end professional talent is a format that if, and unfortunately, I don't want to say it's not going to happen, but if the golfing bodies of around the world, i.e. European Tour, i.e. PGA Tour and all of the other smaller tours, can't take something away from the people who are putting life into the professional game by being different, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what, what more we can do to help, you know, keep the game current and keep changing the format so we can get some interest and do things differently and create equality. You know, the girls playing in the same leaderboard as the, as the guys. Um, Got to hand it to Jeffrey, the young man 
has he walks the walk. He wants to improve the game and make it better and and make it more accessible. Um, provide something different. Um, you know, if in terms of trying to give back, it's a, it's amazing, isn't it? It doesn't dude, take much. Dude delivers. He delivers. Only just takes one person who's got got a following, got a bit of drive. Yeah. I, I just thought it was great to see young Elvis Smiley. Um, the, the shooting that he did was unbelievable. Um, who else Who yeah. else, Who else? else was notable for you, Blakey? Uh, it was just good to see the men and the women playing alongside each other uh, for the same trophy, effectively. And, you know, with the course set up, I haven't talked to... Uh, my colleagues who were there, but I would think... Well, Rosebud. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Clates talked it up, said it was uh, well underrated, but I... Oh, it is. Oh. I, um, or the North course anyway, the rest of it's not as flash. There's, but There's uh, a mission coming there. Um, well, he, he's, is he part of it? Is it to, it's his or is it someone else's? No, OCM. Yeah. Oh, they did. They did. Uh, his old company. Um, I, I, I was. I was. I was actually. I was actually playing the course the day Mike was um, scouting it out. Mike, not Mike Clayton. Mike Cocking. So we had a wee chat. Yeah. Well, Roscoe and I have both played uh, Lonsdale and Sandy together, and we like what they do around the green complexes there. So. Oh, the course looked great. Um, the wastelands and the, the way it presented it looks great. So it's a wonderful course. It's the scene of one of my biggest ever uh, competition-related rules in Broglio's Blakey, uh, where a referee did have to get involved. I'm not sure if we've spoken about it, but there was slow play involved. I got my caddy to call in the rules, uh, the referee, who put us both on the clock and upset me. So I, the guy was playing slow. I, uh, I got my caddy to say, get the – Get the guy across here to, um, you know, speed this guy up. He came and gave me the chat as well as him, and I got stressed. And then, and anyway, the rest was. I ah, see. You should have taken a leaf out of Brooks's. See, Brooksy plays slow to get the t- get them on the clock. Yeah. So anyway, but it was a great call. Breaks. It's a great, the, uh, great opportune time to just slow him down and just really put the grind on. Get the grip put on the clock for a few holes and make some speed up. Great course, great tournament. Uh, I'm not sure where they're off to next. I should be better prepared. Um, uh, Moona. Moona Links. There we go. This weekend? Uh, this what? is the Vic PGA at Moona Links. I think it's the open course. Please correct me if I'm wrong or if they're playing open in Legends. But, uh, yeah, the Moona Links this weekend. I think I think they've got tournaments all the way up until end of March. Nice. Quite a few Peninsula members uh, represented in that group of professionals uh, that we saw. So Jeff, who else was down there? Fraze, uh, yep. Bryden McPherson, uh, yep. young, um, no Piper Stubbs. Her, her brother Jasper Stubbs that's a member down there. Piper Stubbs was playing. She's a Royal Melbourne uh, member she, as an amateur. Uh, Dave Michaluzzi was playing. Uh, yeah, so had good representation from PK down there. Um, very very good. But great initiative. Well done, Jeff. Well done, the PGA. Uh, Brendan Goddard, another PK member who was uh, on part of PGA TV. It's good to see uh, Brendan's commentary getting some uh, coverage. I see David McKenzie went and was playing down there. 
David McKenzie. What a and player. And he's going pretty well on the Champions Tour. What a player. Gents, is there anything else? My rabbit hole. Oh, sorry. We've got Rockets uh, segments to do. We should have started oh. with. Uh, we've avoided, we've, because the Patrick stacked everything up, I knew it was going to be cooked, but I thought if I'm going to hang on to one segment, the rabbit hole, I spent a lot of, I've, I've put a lot of effort into this one. Good. Okay. I'm really hoping that everyone has been listening to the last ones and being enjoying the content that I'm delivering here. It, does this one, is this one connected to golf this time? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, hopefully. None of them are connected to golf. I, I bumped into Matt. Uh, Rocket, I bumped into Matty Mollica during the week and uh, he is always very quick to uh, provide some commentary around his evaluation of our performance. Uh he hasn't sent me any negative um, feedback around our performances. And he said, another satisfactory effort by you two. Satisfactory. Uh, that's, 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 that's like A plus for, yes. if it came from anyone else. He He's did, a hard marker, hard he did, pass master. He did like the move to some sort of semi, semi-structured uh, segments. Yeah, well, he's going he's gonna to hate this week. Okay, anyway, it's Go time. It. It's Hold on. It's time for... Rockets rabbit hole. <laughs> All right. Now this one, this is a favorite band of mine. However, there's a little bit of a twist to it and there's a little bit of a story. What I need everyone to do is go to YouTube again and Google Dave Gilmore at Pompeii in Italy. So the old ruins of, um, of Pompeii, which were um, covered in ash from, you know, volcano explosion in like 74. Vesuvius. That's it. Mount Vesuvius. So in 1972, Pink Floyd played at Pompeii to no people. It was recorded and put out as a bit of an epic sort of uh, video in cinemas and stuff in 1973, 74. And there was some other additional edits they put in there with some other stuff when there were um, some clips from recordings because uh, in 74 they were doing some recordings for uh, Dark Side of the Moon. And um, so I, I highly recommend there's a, there's a lot of the songs are there individually. I should actually send you a link to um, – to this to put into potentially the show notes there, uh, Roscoe, that might actually make it a little bit easier for the listeners to just jump on and rather than just fumble away. And then they can go into the rabbit hole from there. Please, but, do, uh, please do, Rocket, because I can sense that they're at the edge of their seats already. Oh, absolutely. So um, Dave Gilmore, I think, is probably one of the most amazing guitarists and also singers to ever grace this earth. Um and a couple of the songs which are favourites of mine and I can highly recommend is uh, Shine and You Crazy Diamond, I Wish You Were Here, and uh, the rather epic song which features The Black Strap, which is a song called Sorrow. Now, if anyone wants to know about The Black Strap, just also look up Dave Gilmore Guitar Collection and Sales of Christie. So he went and sold a large quantity of his guitar collection to fund his foundation, uh, which he deploys into certain areas of um, impoverished areas in in uh, in the UK and other areas. And the Black Strat sold for 
Can anyone take a guess on what the Black Strat sold for? 1.2 mil. Not close. Oh, 2. 8 mil. 2.5. No, they're a little bit too far. 2.5 million pounds. Oh, you're, cl- you're getting close, Roscoe. No, it was actually US dollars, I think. Oh, 3.6. 3 million. Wow. 3 million. The, the, the collection that he put forward is about 100 guitars, and they're, they're, is, I think it's sold for $22 million. And the Black Strat is famous because it was basically his guitar that he he, he um, played on every every Pink Floyd album from 1974, so Dark Side of the Moon all the way through to I think it was 87, so Delicate Sound of Thunder features pretty much the Black Strat. I wonder how many of those guitars the Hard Rock Cafe bought. Uh, not too many, I reckon. There's a there's some really good guitar enthusiasts that would make sure it's not inside the Hard Rock Cafe. Um, but yes, everyone go see. Um, even go as far as watching the original Pompeii, uh, Pink Floyd at Pompeii, and then uh, the Dave Gilmore one. It is just there's some amazing shows. Amazing. Excellent work, Rocket. Has I uh, have one question, not related to uh, the rabbit hole from this week, but has YBR, YBS, or what was his name? Um, Brody from uh, Youngbloods. Youngbloods. Has his uh, 2.2 million subscribers skyrocketed since we gave him a shout-out in the Rocket's rabbit hole uh, a few weeks ago? Uh, actually, I'll, I'll just do a quick uh, I'll just do a quick check to see. He was at 2 point – he was at 2.2. Let's see. I reckon – is it two point two three, Roscoe? I think <laughs> three, we've made three a people. Impact. Well done, excellent. We've made a significant impact, so uh, he should be giving us a shout out. Okay, well, I'm just going to close it off now, Blakey. Thanks to you for joining in. Really do appreciate all of your commentary and insights. It's made uh, the first part of this uh, podcast very, very valuable, and uh, the second part, including Rocket's um, uh, rabbit hole, you gave us nothing. Um, <coughs> If you want, to, if you want, to I, I was blown away by this segment that's not even has nothing to do with golf, unless Dave Gilmore actually plays golf and had nah, a hole in one. This segment has absolutely like zero to do with golf. I think that you know we can bash on golf as much as humanly possible, <laughs> but I think that we've always got to just find. There's a little bit of content that I find during the week, and we've just got to dive into it because I, I'm trying to add some, some, some class maybe some um, just educate the people, um, just enrich their lives with just some other stuff besides me ranting about rules and Patrick Reed. I, I was just thought, you know, if you were going to pick rock stars, you might have picked Alice Cooper because he's such a fanatical uh, has, golfer. Has been, nah. in my, has been in my, is a lover of golf and has been in my golf shop. And I, the Roscoe name dropped me. You and I have talked about it, joked about it on the way down in the car, Blakey. Um, there's a name drop for you. I'm going to try and drop a name at least one once an episode. You should, you should get him on the podcast. Uh, I wasn't there the day that he came in, and uh, but uh, Lynn, who was working <laughs> no. for me, at which the time, is actually quite strange that you weren't at your shop because you pretty much work there seven days a week. Oh well, um, no, I missed Alice Cooper the day that he came in. He hasn't been back since. He has been to Australia a number of times, but I didn't see Alice Cooper. Must have been the poison. Um, <laughs> 
Uh, you've, well, you know, you've waited an, Ross an hour. Ross slept well uh, that night. I think he might have been sleeping on a bed of nails. You've been what? You've waited an hour, <laughs> and, an hour and sixteen minutes to bring in some comedy, Blakey. Uh, thank you very much for delivering. Um, I'll take retract that you delivered nothing in the second part. You've just delivered there with a bit of comedy gold. Um, I, I'm I, ser- I just want to say thank you, thank you, Rocket. Uh, this has been pleasurable as always and thank you Roscoe for the invitation and uh, just remember guys without rules there is chaos that's been pleasurable um, for me too David Uh, I just want to say one thing in closing I just want to shout out to uh, a very good friend of uh, mine um, Dennis Armfield and his wonderful wife beautiful wife Abby Dennis and Abby have had their little baby Steele in hospital recently and Dennis is pretty open with uh, what he gives out to the world in terms of his journey and especially now at the moment his journey as a father and you know he's been sharing his um, uh, you know little steel came into the world she was a, uh, you know somewhat of a miracle baby you know born through wonderful help of uh, the medical people of the world and IVF and all that sort of thing she was literally a miracle but she's been in hospital a little thing and Dennis has had a bit of a a tough time and so is Abby but still out of hospital but Dennis you know what you're sharing with the people in your journey as a father is uh inspiring to all the new fathers and I'm glad that the your beautiful little girl is out of hospital and uh, you have got the chance to look after her at home now and uh, Dennis is a great man if you're a Carlton man he's an even greater man as as am I and Dennis has always got a very special place on this podcast because he was the first person to ever open his door and let me sit down with uh, gear that I had no idea how to use uh, I had no idea what I was talking about I just knew that I knew Dennis and he would talk back to me and um, so Dennis Great work on sharing your journey as a new father uh, and inspiring fathers through what you're going through. Well played um, number 27. Well played number 27. And I'm glad to see that little baby Beautiful Steel is back at home. Abby, and you keep doing a wonderful job as a, as a mum. Uh, the other thing, and I'm not going to play it now, I'll play it after the music, the closing music, but I do want to give a shout-out to my very good friend John Cornish, uh, number 48th in the world of golf.com uh, magazine top 100 course players. He's played three uh, golf dot um, com top 100 lists coming back over the years. So he's the 48th world person in the world and the first Australian to do such a list. John had a couple of holes in one. Um, the first part of this year, uh, which is only one month old, so he's already had two holes in one. Jeez. Uh, yeah. So I, I recorded a little bit of a brief interview. I'm going to play it after uh, this. If you want to stay on and listen to John Cornish. Uh, top 100 exponent talking to me. Please stay on and listen to John and I chat. John is going to feature on the podcast this year. He's going to regale us with some of his wonderful experiences playing the world, not Australian, the world's top 100. And you know what it means if you've completed a top 100 list, uh, Rocket, you know which course you've played, which course would be? Too many, too many good ones. Um well, most people get to 99 and the, they struggle with the 100th and the 100th is Augusta. So last year, John uh, went actually, to Augusta. Do you know what? Sometimes the 100th is Cyprus. That's actually harder than Augusta. Well, he's done them all. Anyway, Blakey. Unbelievable. Thank you. And uh, I'll see you very soon. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'll see you next time.
John Cornish, good morning. Standing, sitting in the car park at uh, your golf course, how are you, sir? You're just on the back of a special fortnight. It's not only the start of 2021, but the start of uh, what could be a an amazing streak for you. You're on a you're on a two a two week two hole in one streak. Congratulations, firstly, welcome to the podcast. Secondly, and uh, and how are you? Happy New Year. Yeah, thanks, Roscoe. Um, yeah, I'm 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 feeling feeling okay. Uh, it's certainly been um, it's certainly been an interesting couple of couple of weeks. A um, couple of very unexpected uh, things happened, and um, it started on on New Year's Eve and and, uh, uh, and culminated yesterday. So it's been uh, it's, it's been good. So most of us start our year with uh, a few goals in mind for the new year, and it's usually to maybe to lose a few kilos, to get a bit fitter, to do a bit less work or more work or whatever have you. And did did your goals include having two holes in one? Certainly <laughs> did not. Oh. No, no. Um, you know, I've been fortunate to have um, to have one um, many many years ago, two thousand and no, not, not even two thousand nineteen ninety seven. Um, I had I had one, and I thought you know that's. That's more than a lot of a lot of golfers have. It's fewer than uh, than others have, but it was, you know, I was certainly happy with uh, with having had one. And um, yeah, so it was a great surprise when I had another one on New Year's Eve, um, and an even bigger surprise when when one dropped in yesterday. Now, there usually there's usually a tale of the quality of golf shot, whether it's an absolute pure strike, one bounce into the cup, or you know, it's dribbled over the the breaks, humps, hills, and hollows. What were what were yours like, John? Well, first one was um, uh, on the fifteenth hole at Kingston Heath, which is probably the most photographed hole at um, at Kingston Heath. Um, it's certainly a fantastic par three. Um, uh, I hit. It was a little bit into the wind, and I hit. Um, I hit. Plenty of club to, to get me uh, to to the middle. Uh, I always aim for the back the back half of the green, just because the uh, the trouble short and right is um, is so severe. So um, I hit plenty of club, and it, I didn't hit it terribly well, but um, it went straight and landed fairly fairly short on the green, and um, and just and just uh, took off. And uh, it rolled a little bit left and left to right, then a little bit right to left, and then uh, then disappeared. Uh, the flag was on the back back right, so we, we could see the bottom of the flag, um, and we did see the ball disappear. And I knew it didn't go over the back because it um, it wasn't that well struck. Um, and it wasn't until we sort of walked up to we walked up to the uh, up towards the green that I could see you know the the very top of the ball sitting on top of the noodle in the hole. Mm. Um, you know, in these COVID in these COVID times. Um, and um, and and there it was. So I was with I was with a couple of friends from um, uh, from New South Wales Golf Club uh, who were down in Melbourne for a little while uh, playing a bit of golf, and we uh, yeah, then we we ended up uh, having a bit of a celebration on New Year's Eve as well. Oh, very good. Now, it, what makes it even more special in my mind? Uh, I haven't really spoken to anyone that's had a hole in one in in recent times. I know there's been a few, but yeah, these noodles that we have in the bottom of the cups, I I, I think they've probably as Rejected as many holes in one as as accepted. Um, 
So the fact that uh, you know you had two in two weeks that have been accepted by the hole in one, uh, whatever whatever you believe in, the people upstairs, you know, by those people that allow these things to go in the hole, um, has been has been fantastic. Now your second one yesterday, at another pretty amazing place, with uh, you who were we with Gary Lisbon, I believe. I was with Gary um, and a couple of Gary's friends um, that I've played with before. Um, uh, we were. On the 13th hole, um, again, I wasn't playing particularly well, but uh, we were one up in our, in our match at the time and um, and just uh, just sort of chugging along, trying to trying to keep Gary and his uh, and his his partner at bay. And we came to a uh, came to the downhill 13th hole on the on the east course at uh, Royal Melbourne, and um, the wind was howling behind us. It was coming from the south, and um, uh, it was 123 to the uh, to the flag um, with two you know, with bunkers with a bunker left and a bunker right and it's sort of, sort of a narrow a narrow opening to the green so you think well okay you better better just hit it straight and um, I had a wedge in my hand and then I thought no nah, if you hit the yeah the, the greens there are so firm that um, if you land on the front of the green there's a fair chance your ball is going to finish on the on the back of the green if they stop at all so. I went down to a, uh, a 50 degree and well, just hit a, hit a good solid one and um, thankfully I did. It came off the grooves, and which is unusual in itself for me, and um, and it just went straight at the hole. And we saw it bounce once and um, and then it disappeared. So nothing but noodle. It um, it just it uh, it never it was there waiting for us when we got down. Happy days. So Gary got some um, Gary got some footage of that, which was uh, which was exciting, and a few photos and. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was it was uh, un- yeah, just just incredibly unexpected. Well, I was pretty busy yesterday, um, and you know, only a few chances to to glimpse at the phone during the day as we you know keep helping out the uh, golfers of Melbourne. And I looked at your at the phone, and you sent me a message, and it it looked like the similar photo that you you know sent to me two weeks ago when you had a hole in one and, and my immediate reaction was going, what's John sending me his hole in one photo for again? Like I know that he had a hole in one. Thanks very much, John. Rub it in. I, you know, well done. And then, and then it dawned on me very quickly going, he's had another one. No, surely not. And then, and then uh, I think my response, you know, FFS, I think what most people know what that stands for. I, was, I just couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. So well done, John. I, uh, congratulations. Um, envious. Yeah. My friend, uh, who you don't know, but you know of, Jamie Glazier, who is my uh, co-host on the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast. Jamie, if you listen to this, uh, you probably don't want to because, you know, of uh, however many years of golf you've been golfing, still no hole-in-one. And me, myself, you know, almost doesn't count, you know, because I had one in 1987. Um, some people don't don't recognise that. If they weren't born then, they don't recognise a hole-in-one. Um, so, but yeah, 1987 was my first and last. So, I, I, I did set as my golfing goals to have a hole in one this year. I'm going to try really hard, John. So we might have to, we might have to catch up a bit more often, and I might have to rub off uh, a bit of this mojo hole in one mojo from you if you don't mind. <laughs> well, I did go out and buy a cut lotto ticket last night, thinking that this is uh, that this is the day. But um, I checked my ticket before I set off for golf this morning, and uh, and my luck has changed back back to uh, back to normal. So. Well, uh, <laughs> We do have um, we do have one thing in common in regards to our hole in one efforts that we both had them fairly new into a new set of golf clubs. Now you just recently got a new set of golf clubs, a uh, new set of TaylorMade P seven seventies. I did. 
Now, in some way, I believe that having new sets of golf clubs can contribute to that, even though the shot might not have been the greatest uh, at Kingston Heath on the 15th. But, you know, it was only a few rounds in, and that was the same as me. I had a new set of PGFs back in the day. Uh, If you weren't born before 1987, you won't know what PGFs are, but they were the premier golf club from Australia back then. And, uh, yeah, so it was like my first or second round with a new set of golf clubs. So we've got that in common at least. Now, one thing that we do have in common, and I won't keep you, John, because you're probably going for your 15th game of golf in those 12 days. Um, one thing that we do have com- in common is a passion for global golf, and you are the man that I know for global golf experience, being number 48 in the world to complete. How many uh, top 100 lists have you completed, John? Is it three? I've completed three lists, three. yeah. Um, so for from Golf Magazine in the US, which um, uh, you find at uh, golf.com, uh, uh I completed the 2013, 2015, and 2017. Um, mm. uh, there's 111 courses in total, and uh, I finished finish that um, in October of 2019. Now, we've been talking about this, uh, you know, your contribution to the My Love of Golf podcast for some time. We've had a little crack at recording, and and it became clear when we did record and when we listened back to that that there's just too much information to pack into to one sitting. So we've talked about it a number of times and you've helped me get some great guests on the podcast as well, which I appreciate. Um, so we've had the idea that we might just touch base fairly, you know, when time permits, fairly frequently and digest some of those wonderful experiences that you've had because I've, I've heard many of them. And uh, as a golfer of, of global golf um, uh, lover, I love hearing those stories and I'm sure people, whether they have or haven't been to these courses and, and experienced the experiences that you've heard, you know, do do get that uh, fantasy type, uh, you know, dream of doing it one day. So they would love to hear from you. So why don't we digest a lot of those experiences this year along the journey, just have some quick catch-ups and, and just share what uh, what you experience as being the 48th person in the world to, to do one of the big lists, and that's probably the only list of any note that the you know you need that list uh, the, the golf dot com people to get into the Centurions Club. So um, why don't we do that, John? That sounds great. Um, yeah, I've um, I've documented bits and pieces over the years, and um, and and that's they sort of just my notes to uh, just to I guess reminisce on some of the of some of the experiences that I've had, and uh, yeah, I'd love to love to have a chat about it at some stage. Let's go over. Over one or many, whatever you'd prefer. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, let's, let's, let's do it. Very good. Well, John, I'll let you go to your uh, tee off, uh, which is approaching. I know you need to warm up again, but uh, I appreciate you just jumping on and letting me congratulate you on having two holes in one in two weeks at two of the most famous courses in the world. And uh, I wish you another one very soon, but I look forward to catching up with you very shortly to, to start talking about some of those great experiences that you've had all over the world. Fantastic. Look forward to it, Roscoe. Thanks, right. mate. Thanks, John. I'll see you soon. Okay.